0: Welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. Now, here's John Patrick. Well, Colt Nost covers the game for the folks at CBS Sports. Also the co-host of Big Gravy and Sleaze on the PGA Tour Network on Sirius XM Radio. Also co-host of the Subpar Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. He's busy. It's a pleasure to welcome Colt Nost back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Colt?
1: I'm great, John. As always, thanks for having me on. Always look forward to this.
0: Thank you for saying yes. I know it's a busy, busy time. As a matter of fact, you're just back from uh, Puerto Rico, Latin American amateur. From what you saw, how high is the level of play in that part of the world?
1: It's awesome. And it just continues to get better and better. Um, I, that, that was my second Latin American amateur. I've done, also done two of the Asian Pacific amateurs. And just you know, my short time there and talking to the people that have been there since the beginning, the, the depth of and the, the top players just continue to get better and better. It's so cool. You know, what the USGA, the RNA, and the Masters tournament is doing for the game of golf is just fantastic. I love going to those events. The kids are so appreciative. They're so happy to be there. And it is a first class RAN tournament. It is truly one of my favorite weeks of the year.
0: Is Mateo excited about the opportunities that uh, are now in front of him?
1: Oh, he is thrilled. We actually had him on our SiriusXM XM show, Gravy in the Sleeves, uh, on Tuesday. And he came on for 10, 15 minutes, just he's over the moon, was expected to turn pro because um, he's finishing up at Arkansas, but now he is saying, I am waiting. he's playing all three of the major championships. I mean that's a life changer for, for for people from you know that part of the world who may never even make it to the United States. all they'll ever know is Augusta National on TV to know that he is now going to be going down Magnolia Lane and teeing it up in the masters tournament. I mean it's a it's a lifelong dream for him.
0: You were there. What what does a young player? What can a young player take away from those sorts of opportunities?
1: I mean everything. Um, you get to go up against the best players in the world now. Um, I mean you're playing at the highest level, major championships. I mean what could be better? You want to find out where your game is. You're going to find out real quickly when you play that first round at the Masters on Thursday.
0: Can you get? Uh, can it bring you down?
1: Uh, No, I don't think so. Just because this, I mean, there's pressure. Like at the Latin American coming down the stretch, I mean, obviously extremely nervous with everything on the line. Because like as they say in Top Gun, there's no points for second place. It's all or nothing. I mean, either you win and you get all the stuff, or you don't and it's a nice week. But you're not getting anything with it. Um, I don't think it does. Just because this is going to be an atmosphere that, like for for Mateo specifically, has he's never been in. He's never played a PGA Tour event. Obviously, never played a major championship. So the nerves are going to be. I mean something he's never felt. So if he went out and performed well, it's going to do a ton for him. But if he doesn't play his best, I, I just I think you chalk it up as an experience. You learn from it, and now when you go back and play in college or amateur golf or even you know going through Q school, you're you're used to the atmosphere. You can handle it. So I, I think it does nothing but good for these guys.
0: We're talking with uh, Colt Nost here on the Augusta Golf Show. Who gives Rory and Scotty a race for number one this year?
1: Uh, I mean, it's hard to go against anyone but John Rahm, in my opinion. I mean, the start he got off to this season winning in Hawaii, I think he's a very motivated John Rahm. I mean, I think he's won three of his last five worldwide starts. Um, you know, I see him here in Scottsdale every week when he's home. He works hard every single day uh, in the gym, on the golf course. I think, you know, he was. He didn't have a bad year last year. I mean, what, what we expect? Maybe you might say it was a little bit of a down year, but for him, he is very motivated. I expect him to do massive things this year.
0: I, I know it's his lower body. Where does where does all that power come from in John Swing?
1: I, I just, I mean, you can see on TV he's a big guy, but until you see him up close in person, I mean, he is thick. He is not a small human. I mean he he's every bit of two hundred twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds. Um, he's just a sh- extremely strong guy. I, I know guys that work out at the gym with him, and they say the weight he pushes around is insane. So, I mean, he's, he's built like a football player, but he can swing a golf club.
0: Give me the name of the player you think has a breakout year this year.
1: Well, it's already kind of started, and I know he hasn't won yet, but just what he's done pretty much going back to the last 10 events of the Corn Ferry Tour season is Taylor Montgomery. Hmm. Uh, you know, in, in eight starts this year on the PGA Tour, he has one finish outside the top 15. Hasn't missed a cut, just continues to get better and better. And if you remember, this is a guy who finished 26th on the regular Corn Ferry Tour point list, as well as the finals in the same year. So missed getting his tour card by a spot. And one of those was because he qualified for the U.S. Open, actually made the cut at Tory Pines, but missed a Corn Ferry Tour event, so he didn't pick up any points and misses out. You know, they obviously have changed that rule now where, if you do play the U.S. Open, you can get some points for the Corn Ferry Tour. If that would have happened, he would have been on the PGA Tour a year earlier. But I tell you what, it might have been the best thing for him to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour once again. I just—he continues to get better and better. I mean, he hits it a mile, and he's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. So look for him just to continue to be up at the up uh, near the top of that leaderboard, and eventually, I think he's going to pick one off.
0: What do you believe more, the first three day about Colin Morikawa, the first three days at Kapalua, or the last day?
1: Uh, first three. Yeah. Um, you know, it was very tough to watch. I know he's going to have to answer a lot of questions, because you go back to the hero when he blew the big lead, and then this this year at Kapalua. Like, it was a perfect storm, right? Like, he didn't play good. He played phenomenal for 63 holes. Mm-hmm. And then he had a few little slip-ups. His only three bogeys were right there in a row on 14, 15, and 16, which are – very easy holes down there. But then you had a guy go out and shoot 10-under on you as well. I mean, you had to have that happen for him to lose that lead. But, you know, I've spoke to Colin. He is very excited for this year. He he was, like John Rahm, was not happy with his play last year. Really struggled with his iron game, which is what we're used to being. He's normally one of the best on the PGA Tour. Um, with his approach shots into the green, he thinks he's got it figured out. And, and we saw it for 63 holes. He's just hopefully... You know, golfers have some of the best memories of anybody in in the world, and which is which is good and bad. You know, he just got to remember those first 63 holes because he was a world beater for then and then just had a little bit of a slip-up, which which happens in this game. You know, if that happens on Friday afternoon, he bogeys three in a row on the stretch, it's no big deal. Like, we don't talk about it. But because it happened on Sunday coming down the stretch, it all of a, all of a sudden becomes a big story
0: so you mentioned he's going to have to answer for that do you think those are fair questions or did you just answer that question by saying you know you're right he played 63 great holes and then just you know things happen well
1: I don't think he's going to have to answer it every week but the next time he has a two three four shot lead heading into Sunday I mean yeah I mean that's the media's job is to ask that question how are you going to handle it what did you learn from it last time
0: Mm.
1: Um, are you going to be thinking about it tomorrow so yeah that, that question is going to come up
0: and it's a fair question
1: I think it is. Yeah. That's that's our job. I mean, the, the, t- the tough questions are normally the best questions.
0: Uh, does, um, what are the chances Rory wins here in April?
1: Uh, very good. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I think all of us would be shocked if at some point he doesn't put on the green jacket. You know, he, he does have some scar tissue around there. You go back to the lead early on in his career when he shot 80 the final day. Um, that's there, but I I don't know if there's a better golf course on the planet. And I know that pretty much every golf course sets up great for Roy McIlroy, but I don't know if there's a better one on the planet than Augusta national for Roy McIlroy. It's just the ball to the moon can turn it right to left on the few holes. You really have to, um, and can bring it in so high to those greens that, I mean, as you know, they're broken down into sections and you have to be so precise. You have to be able to stop it with trajectory and there's not many better than him. And he's playing with as much confidence as I've ever seen him play with right now.
0: How hard is it, Colt, when when he comes to town here, focus of the attention, knowing this is the one he has to win? How do you how do you get that out of your head?
1: Well, I would look at it this way if I was him. I'm like like it's a good thing I'm getting asked these questions all the time. That means they actually think I can win. You know, they're not interviewing the the 48th ranked player in the world talking about his chances of winning that week. I mean, it's it's Roy McIlroy. Like, look, you're the number one player in the world. You're one of these favorites to win this golf tournament. You need it to complete the career grand slam. How much is it on your mind? Like, I, like it's, if it's me, I'm, I'm honored that I'm getting asked this. Because the whole world knows that if I play my best, I should win this golf tournament.
0: What's the biggest surprise about being married?
1: <laughs> Nothing so far. Well, no, that's a lie. Um, she now has one of my credit cards, and I get notified every time she swipes it, and she swipes it a lot. <laughs> so it, it's expensive. That's you, for sure.
0: You know, G- Gary Player told me once, you know, they called Jack, Arnold, and I the big three. But the big three were really Winnie, uh, Vivian, and 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 Barbara for spending the money.
1: No kidding. They're they were at the at big it, three. That.
0: Uh, what's the first job you ever had? You ever had a job?
1: First real job? Um, I actually was forced one summer to work at the car wash in my hometown, which my hometown's a little small, 5,000 5, people in the town. Um, I had to work at the car wash, and that was absolutely miserable. Um, that made me go to the range and work very hard. What did you have to do there? It was just one of those ones where, I mean, someone drops it off, you detail it. Oh, okay. Uh, obviously, wash it, I mean, everything, inside and out. It sucked. <laughs>
0: He is Colt-nosed. Again, covers the game for CBS Sports. uh, Gravy and sleaze on SiriusXM and the host co-host of the Subpar Podcast. And I know it gets really busy for you. And you are great about saying yes to me at this time of the year. Have a great year, Colt. I haven't talked to you since since the wedding. So congratulations on that. And uh, I hope we talk again. Well, we'll talk at the end of the year.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you in April.